We are here today in this community of faith because of our shared belief in you and in your goodness. We are here today because of our shared belief in your love. And we are here today because of Jesus, the Christ, who showed us a different path. And because it is your path, O oh God, we choose to follow you in doing the justice you've set in motion and the justice you want us to set in motion to overturn corrupt and broken systems. Because it was Jesus' path to show the deepest kindness, we choose to bring your kindness to the broken lives and war-torn places where it is most needed. Because Jesus walked this path closely and humbly with you, we choose to walk it with you. Seeing the world through your eyes, listen quietly as you speak, looking for the places where you are already at work, noticing how you have already stirred people to action, joining in when you are making change, sweeping change or small. Today, O oh God of justice, mercy, kindness, goodness and love, we choose you because you first loved us and because we love you too. don't know me, I'm Margaret Minger. I'm part of the Hope Gateway Church here in Portland, Maine. The worship team at Hope Gateway, as um, Ophelia has shared, has been looking at this unique place we're in, this distinct time we're in, and challenged us with a new sermon series called Reimagine. Reimagine what? Our lives, our economy, our community, our church? our place in the world, or even reimagine the whole world. Reimagine. Remember when you were much younger and you just let your imagination run wild? When I was a little girl, one of my favorite flights of imagination was of singing before a very large crowd of people. I thought I was very special. I'd grab my blue plastic hairbrush 
and I would pretend it was a microphone and I would go into my room and then go into my closet and close the closet door behind me. And then I would just sing my guts out into that hairbrush. I did it all the time. Yes, it's embarrassing, but I did it. When I was a little older though, I started studying singing formally. And that carried over into my college years and my adult years too. And then I actually grew up to be someone who sang into a microphone every Sunday morning as a worship leader in a very large church. The audience was different, much larger than my childhood imagination. But God had used my imagination to fuel my interest and to spur me into formal study. And then God made that vision a reality and used those gifts in ministry to other people. So if we were to reimagine the world as we know it today and turn it into something better, how could we just start with our imaginations and then bring it into reality? I mean, what does it even mean to reimagine the world? Like, where's the right information we'll need? And how will we get it? And then how will we organize it? And then evaluate it to make wise decisions? And when will we start? And of course, who even gives us the right? Who was it that said we should be the ones to do this important work of imagining and then building a better world? With my consulting experience, it's a lot easier for me if I start with a framework. So, because to a consultant anyway, every big reimagining project requires a framework. So, here we go. This is one that I've used in the past. We would start with a vision for the future, a mission that defines what we're doing, values that shape our actions, strategies that target what we've decided we need to know in order to be successful, goals and action plans. You know, consultants, we like those action plans, the daily and weekly and monthly actions. You don't actually have to be a little girl in a closet to imagine a better world. We can all imagine that. A world where there is no hunger, no war, no fear, no sickness, no pain of any kind, a world where there is no oppression of nor antagonistic actions against any people group, whether brown or black or lesbian or gay or transgender or non-binary or against those of different national origins or against women or against girls, a world where there's no harm done to the very earth God created for us to steward. If we're using the consulting framework, instead of the childlike imagination, we can choose to look to a book that a lot of us are reading right now, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram Kendi. In one of my favorite quotes from this powerful book, Kendi writes, every single person actually has the power to protest racist and anti-racist policies, to advance them, or in some small way, to stall them. If we replace the words racist and anti-racist with just and unjust, it becomes every single person actually has the power to protest just and unjust policies, to advance them, or in some small way to stall them. That is a really good vision of individual empowerment for transformative change. 
Maybe our vision could be from Andrew Yang, an entrepreneur who recently ran for president. If we create enough new companies, there will be additional opportunities for people at every rung of the educational ladder. That's another good vision. And maybe our strategic framework can start with what one of my all-time favorite role models, the late member of Congress, U.S. Representative Barbara Jordan said, just remember, the world is not a playground, but a schoolroom. Life is not a holiday, but an education. One eternal lesson for us all, to teach us how better we should love. How better we should love. That's a really solid vision. In fact, any one of those could form the basis of our vision. And for values, well, we have our core values at Hope Gateway already. Let's remember them together. Community, inclusivity, creativity, simplicity, and transformation. And we have a mission, which we'll get to in a moment. But to continue with that strategic framework concept, okay, I'm being told I can't be heard. So give me just a minute. Okay, can somebody give me a thumbs up if you can hear me? Margaret, I think it's a lot better when you hold it closer to your face. I will hold it close to my face. Is that better? Yes. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Thanks. So we're going to go back to that strategic framework concept for just a moment. If we were going to use it, we would need to answer all of those who, what, when, where, and why questions. Because those are the types of questions we have to ask ourselves when it comes to transformative ideas and big decisions. And to answer them, we can start with the ideas of these or other big thinkers of yesterday and today, or now that I can see all your faces, we can start with each other. Or we could begin where the Lord starts with us using the Bible, this very long story we have recording God's communication with and relationship with the people who were called by God. We could use that as a starting point. In the Bible, there is a vision described by Peter referencing the new heaven and the new earth as a place where righteousness will be at home. Imagine for a moment, or reimagine, the world as a place where righteousness is at home. You know, we're all familiar with the words on earth as it is in heaven which comes from the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, the one we call the Lord's Prayer and, and which we use some version of each week. Imagine for a moment or reimagine the world, this earth, as the world is in heaven. What would that world look like to you if righteousness were welcome and at home? Or if the earth were more like heaven? Reimagine. Going back to our framework, we actually say Hope Gateway's mission at the start of our services each week, and Erica used it today 
for our sermon, our children's sermon, but I always like the children's sermon a lot. It kind of speaks directly to me. We seek to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God in the way of Jesus. This is a restatement, as Erica said, of something found in the Bible that the prophet Micah said. This is an amplified Bible translation. God has told you what is good, to be just and to love and to diligently practice kindness and compassion and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. Walking humbly with God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness is a whole lot easier for me to say than it is for me to do. So I need to step into that part because it's the hardest part for me. Not telling God the way I think things should be, but listening to God to hear what God says about the way things could be and then doing something about it, of course. It's really hard to be walking humbly with God in the way of Jesus, who, as it turns out, spent quite a lot of time listening to God if I'm not doing the same thing. I'm much more comfortable with the telling God part than the listening to God part. Another spot in the Bible that brings inspiration for my imagination is from the prophet Joel, who was speaking for God, saying, In that day, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your old people will dream dreams, and your young people will see visions. But to truly walk humbly with God, I find it best to go back to my childhood, to be looking for guidance, sure, but also to have some bedrock faith like I did when I was three and I memorized my first Bible verse. Because when it comes to reimagining a new world, whatever else we build upon, one foundational truth found in that Bible verse that I memorized at three is absolute. God is love. Trusting in that love puts me in a really childlike state. That comes from 1 John, where John said, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know love, does not love, does not know God, because God is love. Remember when I posed the question about who even said we're the right ones to reimagine the world? It was Jesus. When Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world to share his message and teach others about the path he had taught, he was inviting us to use our imaginations to dream of and build a better world. Whatever form we take to reimagine, using a framework or answering questions, or setting our childlike imaginations free? Let's remember this as Christ followers. When Jesus was asked what is most important, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment. The second most important commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Together, let's commit in these next six weeks 
or as long as God tells us to, to reimagine the world by searching the entire arc of scripture to listen to and learn from God, by preparing ourselves to work together, taking action and overturning corrupt systems just like Jesus overturned tables in the temple, by learning new skills to join in the work of God already underway, the work of dismantling racism and building an economy that factors in social stability and not just gross domestic product, by letting our childlike imaginations run free to dream dreams and bring visions to life because we are willing to walk humbly with God in the way of Jesus. And also, because you don't have to be a little girl in a closet to imagine a better world. May it be so. Amen. Imagine there's no heaven It's easy if you try No hell below us Above us only sky Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. No religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace <laughs> you may say that i'm a dreamer but i'm not the only one i hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one imagine no possessions Wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. The brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Ah, you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Someday you'll join us, and the world will be as one.